Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to episode 180 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the podcast and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPL. Thank you for downloading and listening. The Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers collects and analyzes various solar system bodies and associated phenomena and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, the Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear in the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon. You can start off by giving as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon.com slash observersnotebook. If you'd like to join the ALPO, membership begins at only $22 a year. For more information, you can find us at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And you can also find us on Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And this podcast also has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. And if you enjoy what you hear in the podcast, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss another episode. And now, episode 180, and we're going to talk to the Executive Director of the ALPO, Ken Pichetli. Enjoy. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to this edition of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. And today we have Kempa Shedley, the new, relatively new, Executive Director of the ALPO. Welcome back to the podcast, Ken. I would say good afternoon, good morning, but let's just say good day. There you I go. Have no idea where you guys are. <laughs> and today we I want to discuss the state of the ALPO. So what what, what where you think it's at and what you want to do as executive director and that type of thing, okay? Good. All right. So let's let's before we get into it, let's talk about membership numbers. I mean, where are we currently at? Where would you like to see us go? The ALPO, like all organizations, struggles to grow. It maintains but it struggles to grow. And I believe that the internet has been a curse and a blessing in this area, not only for astronomy, but for professional organizations, for hobby organizations of all kinds. Uh, you have businesses that no longer want to fund uh, their employees' professional memberships, and thus the organizations drop. And I've experienced that myself as a long, long, long time member of a group called the Society for Technical Communication. It used to be huge and now it's still there, but it's a professional organization. Mm -hmm. Alpo is a quasi-professional organization with its membership, including not only serious amateurs, but several, at least as far as I know, several professional astronomers. And as such, it's harder to find people 
who would like to do more than just throw us images and reports, but actually become a paid member of the organization. So uh, I was chatting with other officers of the ALPO, and uh, you know there is the American Association uh, of Variable Star Observers, we call mm -hmm. the AAVSO. Their organization is uh, probably twice what we have. Our membership right now, our paid membership right now at the beginning of January when we're recording this of 2024 is, uh, is just under 400, whereas the AAVSO is around 700 or so. Now in its heyday, way back in the eighties, especially with the, uh, with Comet Halley, or is it Haley? Halley. Uh, um, I understand at that time, and that was before I was back in the organization, I think our membership was up around a thousand mm -hmm. or nine hundred or something like that. Yeah, I believe so. And I'd like to see that again. So uh, it's it's nice to have a higher paid membership from the standpoint of having, well, among other things, bragging rights, but it also demonstrates how enthusiastic our members are. We are not that expensive our our average our membership rate uh, uh as far as membership dues bare bones plain old uh four issues of our journal the strolling astronomer is only what is it tim 22 dollars a year yeah 22 22 dollars a year that's for it, the digital it, issue yeah that's right comes out uh quarterly and uh and of course those members who prefer the hard copy We'll also get the digital uh, version as well, but uh, the hard copy membership itself is, I think, twice that, mm -hmm. which is still, I think, less. So you can correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that less than the membership for the AAVSO? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. And, you know, we're talking about studying objects in the sky that are, for lack of a better term, dynamic. Jupiter being, what is it, 100 times larger than the Earth rotates in 11 hours. Mm -hmm. So you can observe it uh, at 8 p.m. your time and go back and observe it around midnight the same evening. And you will be able to see, especially if you're looking at the great red spot, that it has moved. Right. And uh, yeah, and that, that's interesting that the AVSO, because they, they focus on variable stars. Yes. They're, they're just, they're highly specialized group of yes. basically one type of star and just you know plot i don't i'm not I, I used to be a member of them as well i mean but but for them to double the membership and we have the entire solar system at our disposal in our yeah. organization and why our membership isn't larger is really mind-boggling to me yeah and the closest type of member we have to the aavso would probably be our minor planets section mm -hmm. of people who make it their business to observe and record data about asteroids, minor planets. And uh, they're able to come up with, and I swear, I don't know how they do this, but I got to hand it to them. Uh, they come up with rotation rates and right. estimates of size and the possibilities of orbital characteristics because, hey, you want to see that sucker coming at you. You know, and uh, it's just mind boggling. These are people that get a real jolt out of looking at the finest, smallest point of light there can possibly be. 
and they're going to tell you reams of information about that object. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we have our Venus section, mm-hmm. our Saturn section, our Mars section, our remote planet section. I mean, you name it, comets, my God. Yes. It's just phenomenal, the good work that we can do. And we've just got to do a better job of getting the word out there to draw more, not just contributors, but people who seriously would would like to be a formal member of our organization. Yeah, and it's uh, the interesting thing is a lot of our contributors to our journal and to the sections are not members of the ALPO. Yep. Which is, uh, you know, it, it, I don't know how to, I don't know how to respond to that. You know, it's, it's, it's frustrating, you know, being on the board and knowing we want to increase our membership and the people utilizing uh, their journal as a vehicle to promote their observations, which is what they're basically doing, are doing it at no cost. Yes. They like to get their name in print. Yep. And they like to be able to say that their their image was used in this or that issue of the journal. Uh, we also have a, a bit of a uphill battle in getting people to consistently label their images correctly. Well, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother thing. We need to know when it was taken, where it was taken, right. various equipment details, various atmospheric details. It's not that hard to do once you start doing it, but... To just put a picture out there and say, oh, what a good boy am I, that's mm-hmm. nice. But yeah. Help me out here. Yeah. Well, and, and that and that's the thing. You know, we have zero plans to to make people who submit observations force them to join. There, there's no plans to do that. So I want to put mm-hmm. that on the table right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's not something we've ever yeah. we we might have talked about, but we're not going to do. You uh, don't have to be a member to contribute, but it would really benefit the organization as a whole to have a larger paid membership because well, we do more i think yeah well, well we could and also like we are we run ads yes in, in the journal yes and when when we approach a company for the ads they want to know okay how many people have eyeballs yes. on the journal yes we and have we want us we want to specifically thank uh, sky publishing Mm-hmm. which is owned, of course, by the American Astronomical Society. And in this coming issue of the journal, which will be out hopefully um, in the middle of January, a little bit late, but it's there, we'll have a, a, a great ad from the American Astronomical Society. Plus, uh, always have a great, beautifully full-color uh, ad on the inside front cover from Celestron. Mm-hmm. And then another of our consistent, consistent uh, supporters is the uh at the there's two gentlemen but they both advertise at the same time one does the uh, cat's perch observing mm-hmm. chair for those right. visual observers who are not so much into uh imaging but they like to be at the scope mm-hmm. and uh his friend who does these beautiful uh finished wood <coughs> excuse me <coughs> wooden eyepiece and accessory cases and they advertise in every issue of the journal. Right. And we really want people to uh, to utilize these these advertisers when they need to make a purchase of that kind. Yeah, but we could. What what I want to make point though is we could get additional advertising for the journal if our membership was larger. That's right. Yeah, you know, and that's that's really the thing. I mean, if you're submitting observations, we'd like you to join. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it, it, it's it's like we already it's twenty two dollars a year. That's, that's right. All, that's all it takes. Twenty two awesome. bucks a year to join. So we want to grow the organization. Um, so that's you know, that's I think is that your plan basically to increase membership, isn't it? Yeah, in, in general, slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. No arm twisting, just just gentle convincing that uh, we need you. We want you to pay to belong to us because we could do more mm-hmm. in the long run. So now the next thing is how to increase our membership. Well, generally uh, get the word out. Okay. How do you get the word out? Well, we do it by way of the journal. Not only do the paid membership get the journal, whether it's digitally or as a PDF file or as a hard copy, plus it's also supplied to various institutions, libraries and research groups. Um, Plus, um, we give free copies out to uh, clubs that may be having a a need. Well, like I get a few extra copies that I'll distribute at a local club meeting that I go to. Uh, But you've you've got to be seriously into solar system astronomy to appreciate what's in the journal. Right. I kind of kid around and tell people, if you can get past page 30 and they're not asleep, I've done a good job, (laughs) you know. But uh, increasing the membership by way of publicity, whether it's by advertising, uh, we're uh, considering trying to to uh, come up with a list of news contacts from various organizations, news organizations that we could approach when there is a celestial activity going on that is solar system oriented, that we would serve as some sort of a uh, expert opinion of yeah be the public information office office for for solar system events yes Mm -hmm. it's very true yeah all right so uh since you brought up the journal what kind of updates have we been making to the journal recently um tweaking is, is a good is a good way um the journal started off many years ago as a mimeographed uh, I don't know how many pages, eight or 10 pages or something like that every month. And then it, it, uh, it, it developed into a more of an academic style publication for many, many years. And then my own background had been publications editing. And when I was asked to take over the realm uh, in early 2001, um, I used my own professional judgment to um, turn it into more of an eye-catching, but still very, very valuable piece of literature. So mm-hmm. now I have it um, um, structured with three main portions. The first third I call Inside the Elpo, news about the organization, because the first thing I want you to see and not stick it in the back is stuff about what the various observing sections are doing and the various interest sections, such as the the activities that you yourself handle. Mm-hmm. And then the next portion of the journal are what I call papers and presentations. This is the, the section that includes the science, the apparition reports, uh, anything that has to do with solar system astronomy that is uh, more professionally presented. And then that's followed by the third portion of the journal, which I call the Alpo resources, 
the who's who, what's what, who do you call, who do you mm -hmm. email, you know, what do you need to know about resources and contacts and stuff like that about the organization. So it's, it's very valuable and it's you know, our page count uh, now usually well exceeds that of, for instance, uh, Sky and Telescope magazine. We're usually around 100 pages or so, sometimes more. Um, and every issue, um, I try to fix it a little bit more. For instance, I started adding little graphics in, in front of the section reports. Right. right? I'm not sure if the word avatar or icon is the right term, but anyway, mm -hmm. anything that catches your eye, because if it catches your eye, you are more apt to take a look at whatever that paragraph or two is talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, the layout is such that I believe it's easier to read. It's uh, We don't use, for instance, aerial except in headlines and uh, photo or image captions. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough font to read in big blocks of text serifed fonts like uh, Times Roman or in the case of our journal, I've, I fell in love with the font called Souvenir. It's very mm -hmm. similar to Times Roman, is much, much easier on the eyes. And you don't confuse the capital I with the lowercase L and stuff like ah, that. Okay. It's just um, an easier font to read. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we try to, to do the journal so that you'll want to read it and come away. Even if you don't read the whole thing straight through, you'll come away knowing more than you did before. And hopefully mm -hmm. we'll want to read more. Very true. And we've also made some production changes yes. on the journal too. You want to talk about those? Yes. Um, I, um, in my uh, own career prior to formal retirement, uh, back in uh, August of 2018, after over 36 years as a professional technical writer and 10 years before that in mainstream publications editing for other organizations, um, I was familiar with not only doing the editing, but also all of the production side, the layout, the electronic layout, and so forth. And, um, you know, I have a family, and I've put my family on hold many times in the past so that I could get the journal done. And it just got to be not overbearing, but you know, I'm at a stage in my life where it's time to not quit, but pass some of it on to mm -hmm. someone or some other people. So we now use a third party company that we forward our files to, to have them do what I used to do. So whereas I did it as a volunteer, we are paying to have it done, but it turns out that it's, it is very uh, cost effective. We're doing well. And if you didn't know uh, as a reader that we're doing this, you would never know that we're doing this through a third party. Yeah. What did we start like three issues ago, something like that? Yes. It, yes, it was. I think yeah. this will be the third issue that yeah. we're using uh, the third party company. And um, it's, uh, I might as well just give them pub public um, con congratulations. They're called KGL or uh, is the company that we use to do the formal production side, the electronic layout. Mm -hmm. And then uh, a sister company of theirs called Sheridan or Sheridan Press is who we use to print the hard copies. 
for those members and organizations that prefer that. So um, a pat on the back to KGL for helping to Definitely. do the production side and, and Sheridan for doing a really great job on the, the printing and distribution of the hard copies. Yeah, as an outsider looking in, I mean, that I haven't seen any change of the quality that you initially brought to the journal. So it's, I see everything is pretty much staying the same, and it's, it's really a seamless transition. Well, as all of us would say, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, uh, uh, you have anything else on the journal you want to chat about? Uh, I want to invite uh, all of our listeners to consider contributing. Mm -hmm. When we have a celestial event, whether it's an eclipse, whether it's an occultation, I mean, the craziest things go on up there. Okay, Jupiter has, what is it, 2 billion moons now or something like that. The four largest are the ones that we can see from here, the Galilean satellites. Not only do they uh, orbit Jupiter, but once in a while, one will eclipse another of those little moons or moonlets. And uh, for many years, we used to carry uh, statistics timing assist timing statistics of when this yep. moon eclipsed the other moon it's just kind of neat to see now of course that's handled now by automated equipment and so forth but sometimes it's just neat to see it yourself that oh, yeah. time so uh when we ask people to send in their observation reports it doesn't have to be an image taken with a high-priced camera it could be a, a few sentences or a few paragraphs about what you saw, when you saw it, what the sky conditions were like, um, maybe a description on a difference in the brightness of what you saw. Anything is if you're talking with a friend about what you just saw last night, write it up and send it in. And also consider, consider joining, you know, yeah. it's just the way it is. So we we're asking everybody who is listening to this, uh, go on out tonight, take a look up and see what there is that you can see. Yes, it's darn cold out there for some of us. <laughs> and even the daytime people, right now the sun is very active. Yes, it is. And uh, we have several people. Howard Eskildson is a physician in Florida who posts daily, daily images of the sun. That doesn't mean that nobody else has to help out. But we really need everybody to uh, continue supporting each other with what's going on. In many cases, we ask for mutual observations to verify that this happened and that happened. Yeah, simultaneous. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's very true. Yeah. And going along that, our sections are looking for help too. I mean, if you are an avid Jupiter observer mm -hmm. and you want to help out the ALPO in a organization type capacity you know maybe assist the jupiter section uh coordinator in yeah. developing the uh yeah the the uh the apparition reports and things like that please you know let yeah. us know we're looking for volunteers all the time if you have a specific interest in an in an area if you like yeah. comets you know i'm sure carl would love to get some help too so it's yeah. just like it's always if you want to get a little bit involved with a niche that you like in solar system observing, please reach out to Ken or myself or the section coordinator of that section. 
If you like obvious things to observe, yep, Jupiter is that big street light in the sky right now, <laughs> high in the south uh, in the evening. And Venus is the likewise street light in the sky in the morning sky. Right. If you like a challenge, we double dare you. We triple dare you to be a consistent volunteer to help out Frank Melillo in the Mercury section. Oh, there you go. There you go. And he does it. Uh, Frank uh, is a truly dedicated and proficient observer of the planet Mercury. Frank lives in Long Island. Mm -hmm. And I'm still amazed at what he can come up with because he will consistently do images and then uh, compare them with images taken by, uh, I think it was the messenger. Messenger. Yeah. And they are so close together. Now, of course, you're not going to get that great of an image compared to, you know, a moon, a a lunar image. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, you can make out some details. Oh, and and every year for our conference, Frank always does a talk on the latest Mercury observations. And the stuff he comes up with, I'm just floored. I mean, the, how, how, how the amount of detail he sees and all the type of observations he's making yeah. of, of Mercury. And a couple of years ago, he talked about Mercury's tail. <laughs> We're coming up with an article in the uh, spring issue of the journal about the sodium tail of Mercury. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. By the way, you ever noticed that at the conference, especially, uh, all of our uh, talks we gear towards 15 or 20 minutes and mm-hmm. Frank consistently goes over. He just can't help himself. No, he can't. <laughs> There's a couple that do that. As yeah. well. And my job is to wrangle them in. And that's like herding cats sometimes. But leading from that uh, section assistance, we have our 2024 conference coming up in the summertime. Yes, we do. Uh, for all of you who have a pen, pencil or other writing instrument or a quick finger on the keypad, Set aside the last weekend of July. I forgot if it's the 26th and 27th or 27th. Yep, that's 28th, it. Whatever it is. <clears throat> It'll be online. Mm-hmm. So uh, you do not have to risk your life on an airliner this time. Uh, but uh, what we do is have the uh, uh, sessions. We call them sessions starting around 9-ish Eastern time, noonish. Pacific time, uh, and they are prearranged as you, the volunteers, want to talk about it. And it's done by Zoom. And uh, you must be a member of the, the ALPO to present a, uh, a finding, to right. do a presentation. But anybody in the world is free and able to tune in to watch the presentations and they run uh let's see correct me if, if we start at uh 9 a.m eastern time uh how many hours do we go uh we, we usually go to, uh, oh, wait, we don't start at 9 a.m we no. start three we start later because we have to accommodate the uh, pacific right. how many how many how many hours do we go i forgot we, we usually do about five and a half to six hours per day okay and that's for two days yep and we always worry oh my god we don't have enough. And then it, it follows that we wind up getting way too many people. <laughs> we yeah. have to turn some away. Uh, and on Friday, now the first sessions will be on, on that Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second, of course, will be on Saturday. Right. And then on Friday evening, uh, we have a, 
uh, a member of the, we have a meeting of the ALPO board of directors. And again, that meeting is open to view by all members, paid members of the ALPO. You're mm -hmm. able to watch and participate with questions and comments. Right. That's the way it should be. And then what we offer on Saturday evening, and we did this even from when we had um, in-person conferences, we have a featured speaker. Mm -hmm. And uh, what comes to mind for me, one of the highlight speakers for me was Chuck Wood, Charles mm -hmm. Wood, who does yeah, the yeah. lunar photo of the day. There's so many photos of the day, but his is the LPOD, which is now in repeat sequence. Right. They're repeating those from some years ago. But he did a absolutely top presentation on observing the moon, the features on the moon, the namings of features on the moon, da 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 da, da. And you're thinking, well, you know, I've seen the moon. Not until you've seen Chuck's presentation on lunar uh, nomenclature and right. so forth. You get a whole different take. Yeah, I ran up that very night and I took the telescope out and I was looking at the moon because I got motivated from his talk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I, he really made it interesting. Uh, We've yeah. had some excellent, excellent keynote speakers and also at the keynote address. We also do door prizes, um, yes. uh, explore scientific and other companies donate things that we'll raffle off. Yes. To yes, yes. Uh, anybody who lives in the continental United States that registered for the uh, conference. We have to underscore continental United States. We had an unfortunate situation some years ago where uh, this really beautiful object was raffled off and it was going to cost more than the value of the object right. to, to the guy. And he he very, very gallantly donated it back. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so you do have to belong to, you, you have to be a resident of the United States, whether that's, Hawaii, Alaska, continental United States, or Puerto Rico. That's just mm -hmm. the way it is. Yeah. And registration information and a call for papers will go out probably in a couple months. Ken and I will probably do another podcast just yes. highlighting the conference. So yes. at that point, so look for details on that coming up, or you can go to our Facebook groups and see what we have there as well. And hopefully the uh, website will have information on it too. Yeah. we. Uh, which leads to another topic, mm -hmm. the Alpo website. Yes, sir. And uh, we, we've had uh, pretty good luck with our website. Uh, I don't recall it being hacked. Nope. Um, before being hacked was a thing, it was pretty much left alone. And then uh, since I forgot what year, we wound up moving it to a different provider. And it's been doing very well. But now we've decided to uh, give it a not just a facelift, but an entire whole new look. Mm -hmm. and that's in progress uh, with the good due diligence of uh, our assistant online coordinator, Jim Tomney. Done a great job. Uh, he's doing a great job. I, I talked with Tim the other day. This is, uh, as I said, we're talking now right after the first of the year. I talked with, with Jim uh, only last week about something. And he has since issued a news, I mean, not a newsletter, but a uh, an email to several of us about his progress on finding uh, a resource that would assist him in what we need to have done. And he's, he's done a really great job so far. And uh, I would think that in the next several months, maybe yeah. we'll have some concrete news. Yeah. I'm, it, I, I'm hoping for like at the end of the first quarter of 24. Yes. 
that would be ideal to get it get yes, to get right. it out there to the world because it's gorgeous. It's it's not a 1985 website like we currently have. It's it's yeah. it's a it's a up to date with all the little bells and whistles on it. That's going to be really easy to navigate and get around, and the information is going to be easily easily accessible. For what it's worth, the old site is still there, and many of you uh, will find it just as valuable mm -hmm. at alpo astronomy.org yep that's what it is doesn't matter if it's capitalized or not that doesn't matter and when you get to that page um i must confess that it is uh, an older announcement on the very top announcing the uh availability of the winter issue a year ago i've got to change that and i will but you will find a whole library full of various links to click on to go to this or that observing section or resources uh at the top right corner you will see a link to something called section galleries which is a a link to the various folders online folders of images and it just goes on and on and on and you too can have your stuff there if you do it right that's right. There, there you go. Well said, Ken. All right. So, what as the executive director, do you have a vision for what year? It's a two-year term you have, right? It's a two-year term, and it rotates uh, alphabetically mm -hmm. uh, through the membership of our board of directors. Wait, does that mean I'm next? Unfortunately, or fortunately. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, you've been extremely valuable as a support for me. We. You know, you're not, you are definitely not a yes man. You're not a no man. You're, you're very, uh, very valuable in my estimation. I can bounce things off of you and get mm -hmm. a good, honest opinion. So I value your help. Yeah. Well, I, my, my wife says I'm painfully honest at times. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's part of getting old there, Ken. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. But um, in uh, my vision would be, increased growth uh in in a solid way mm -hmm. uh, i don't want to see us you know grow by 60 70 people in a month and then and then wind up losing right those people or something all at once um you know our organization is for those who are seriously into lunar and planetary observations it is what it is mm -hmm. uh what i what i sometimes do is i compare us to your local club you join your local club because you are friends with them and they are probably your most valuable resource into purchasing or obtaining an instrument mm -hmm. how to use that instrument uh and and so forth and so on where later on you'll probably or hopefully determine what kind of astronomy or equipment you like do you like yep. refractor, refractor schmidt cassegrain whatever do you like lunar and planetary do you like uh variable stars are you into occultations you will find that kind of astronomy that really interests you and grabs you and hopefully once you settle on hopefully uh, lunar and planetary we will be your go-to group mm -hmm. and we will be able to use the uh the skills that you picked up from your local club which you're going to stay in touch with just like i am yep um 
to uh, stay current with whatever and be friends and have your potluck dinners and things, mm -hmm. but you'll also be able to um, to contribute to us and maybe even do presentations to your local club of some of the stuff that you've done for us. That's right. That's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Perfect. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, send help. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're, we're actually, uh, we're pretty stable right now. This organization, you know, it's mm -hmm. just, it's the, but like you mentioned earlier with how these comet and our membership tripled, which yeah, you know, events cause that we're going to have a bright comet later this year. And yes. I imagine our membership will take it. We'll take a take a jump at that point too, because it normally does when there's a Mars opposition or some type of event happening in the in the sky. People want to be involved, and yes. we are we are your go to place for solar system observing. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Cool. That's okay. basically that's basically it. We want to grow. Uh, we've just got to settle on the particulars of how to do it in a professional way. Mm -hmm. So that we can gain and hold on to those that have become a part of us. Right. Retaining members, not just getting members, but retaining members is yes. very important to us. Yes, sir. All right. Well, Ken, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. And I I wish you well in um in your term as executive director. Thank you. Okay, get get everything in order, get the budgets in order. So when I come along, I have an easy job. <laughs> your day will come. I know, I'm sure it will. All right, man. It's good chatting with you. Thank you. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. I again, want to thank uh, Ken Pichetli for coming up and talking about his plans and what he wants for the future of the ALPO. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to get involved, please contact us. We upload a new episode of The Observer's Notebook on the 1st and 15th of every month. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. It helps out the channel. You can also listen to us on Apple Radio, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Echo, Spotify, and the podcast is also available on the AELPO YouTube channel. And if you listen to it over there, please give it a, a thumbs up. You can also help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. You can give up to $35 a month, where you'll receive one year's membership to the LPO and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I'd like to th thank the producer of this podcast, Steve Seedentop, and Michael Moore for their generous support. The link for Patreon is linked for the LPO is in the show notes. If you'd like to get a hold of me, my email address is cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at, at ObserversNBPod. And until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.